Hello everyone and welcome to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics Twitter space. We are recording live on Sunday the 19th of February. I'm Bowles, your host, and joining me as always is the other half of AFL Fantasy Fanatics, uh, Tim Guest. Tim, mate, how you going? Really good, mate. Really good. Mate, we've got some, got some big guests on today, so I think we should get stru- stuck straight into straight into it. But just before we do, I just want to ask, how's your week been, mate? Oh, mate. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm excited about today, and I know the boys are a little bit limited in time, so I reckon we just get stuck straight into it. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, yeah, it sounds good. So, Tim, you want to introduce yeah, who man. we've got on today? So, really excited to have uh, the Dream Team on uh, for Fantasy Fanatics today. I mean, firstly, we've got uh, a guy who really does need no introduction. He's the goat. He's the guy that's got two Hiluxes in the garage, and uh, uh, he's obviously the guy that's also behind Marrera's Magic and... Um, the AFLW fantasy platform as well. That's uh, good old selves. And, and then, of course, we got his, uh, his mate, the other half of the Marrera's Magic podcast, uh, ex-AFL player, 125 games with Hawthorne and West Coast. Mate, your channel, I, mean, I feel like I'm reading off the list of, like, you know, the golf guy that like, lifts, reads off the list of accomplishments when Tiger Woods steps to the thing. You're on Channel 7, <laughs> you're Triple M, um, you're one half of the Marrera's Magic podcast and also the Hardball Gets, which is a great podcast for anyone that doesn't uh, subscribe to that as well. Zabe, so boys, how are you? Guesty, Bales, how are you, mate? Thanks for having us both. Yeah, no, good to have you guys on. A long intro, wasn't it? Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right, boys, we've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, so we got you on because uh, we, we think that this is really the toughest time of year, right? A lot of us have kind of got some, uh, you know, our team's pretty locked away, but we're just about to walk into intra-clubs and pre-seasons. And um, we thought, considering this is the toughest part of the season, we should go to, you know, the two guys that can give us the best info as possible. You know, obviously, Zave has done his pre-seasons and, and uh, Selbs, you've, uh, well, you know, your credentials speak for themselves. So uh, walk us through it, mate. What do, what do you reckon we should be thinking about at this time of year? Yeah, it is a tough time of year, mate. And even I feel like it's getting earlier and earlier the times we're tweaking our sides more so. Like I've never seen so much coverage for intra-club games as we saw over the weekend. And I dare say most coaches tweak their teams more this far out of the season than normal. So um, it's tricky. It's You look a couple of years ago when the standouts this time of year were your Tom Phillipses and your... Um, oh, what's that bloke? Jack, I know, Clark from... He plays the Dockers now from Geelong. Oh, um, Jordan Clark, Clark. who dominated the preseason and sucked us in the 60s, yeah. So it's easy to say, well, it's all a myth, the preseason. And look at last year when George Hewitt and Paddy Cripps were dominating and that was all the raps from Carlton, and that rung true. So you've obviously got to to watch it with your own eye and see what you believe and you think this is going to roll through to the main stuff because it doesn't always work like like it is advertised. Exactly, exactly. Well, look, we thought we thought we got some, we got plenty of questions that people sent in. We thought we might kind of run through a couple of questions just on each line. Uh, I think we've got some stuff for both of you as well that you, you just might be able to give us a bit of an insight into how we might take some of this news and consider it. I mean, firstly, I mean, Selbs in the back line, you know, we, we, we've got a lot of talk about Doc and Dacos getting midfield time, um, although we don't really know what's going to happen now with some of the injuries of Carlton. I mean, you know, how, how much how much do we want to take into consideration that kind of news at this time of year? Yeah, well, Zave Luck's saying there's six midfielders in the preseason because you're playing both sides, so... They obviously need more midfielders in those intra-clubs. We're going to get a better look at it in the pre-season. Um, 
So whether Dacos plays full-time mid in this upcoming, that would be a big watch for a lot because I think that's where his upside will come. He's obviously a star and going to be a star, but he's there's only so many marks and kicks you can have at half-back flank, whereas if you're playing inside mid, you're, you're in it all. You can get your tackles and, and add all that to it. So uh, that's definitely a watch on him. Um, oh, I think he plays midfield now. Yeah. I just think he's <clears> – <throat> without seeing him play in the midfield – in that intra club, but then you hear all the reports he's as advertised. So maybe the temptation will be, um, well, kid, away you go. Mm. Yeah, and you look with someone like Dacos, it probably gives him upside. But I mean, on the other side, with someone like Doc, you wonder whether him getting midfield time might actually hurt his scores a little bit. Yeah, well, from a one ten base, is it's going to be hard to go up regardless. So uh, we know he can do it as a halfback flanker, the one ten. As a midfielder, it throws an unknown. But like you saw in the back half of last year, he was tackling hard and he was surprised me how tough he was at that inside ball. So I don't think he's going to do a crisp and a short and actually go backwards with CBAs. I think he'll fit in well with it. But all I'd say with Carlton is how many teams have two Coleman medalists, a Brownlow medalist, Sam Walsh probably potentially a future Brownlow medalist, Weedering a North Australian fullback in the back line. I can't see them piss farting around with the ball back there for too long. Um, their stars in Kerno and Big Hater in the forward line. Um, Get him. I can't see them mucking around. And the pressure in Carlton this year to perform, I think, is almost uh, the highest in the competition, just with the seven or eight names I just mentioned who are, you know, arguably the best in that line. Uh, throughout the competition, so I can't see I can't see them, them piss farting around with the football in the back line too much. And this is where, like I, um, you look at Zay. You've read his credentials off the field. The Channel Seven Premiership player, second Norm Smith. His AFL fancy credentials have a bit to be desired. Shit out. A bit of a plug for what we do, but what he does see the game well is the football sense, and he was. Probably the first on it last year. This time last year, I think Tom Mitchell would have been the most popular pick. Luckily, he had groin soreness in the preseason. We all jumped off before round one and he ended up being a flop. But he was, Zay was pretty quick to say, well, he's not going to be in their midfield in their next premiership. He might have got an inside scoop from Sam Mitchell or whatnot. But he said, look, I doubt he's going to be that Tom Mitchell of old. And that rung true. He was quick to pick up with the McRae versus Baz Smith, who takes those extra minutes from a Dunkley. And it looked appeared on the intra-club that that rung true. And uh, this talk about the foot, because we just look upside us fancy coaches, what they've done in the past, mm-hmm. what they can produce. Whereas he comes over with a non-fancy uh, insight and looks, well, in a football sense, as you said, Carlton have all these good players. They didn't make it. So they need to change something up. Are they going to continue to chip mark in the back line? Or are they going to whack it in like Collingwood did on the weekend and, and last year and get into the big boys. And Geelong won a flag doing it. Yeah, yeah. What about Brayshaw? I mean, Brayshaw's someone who's been relatively popular in the back line. I mean, I think I, I heard on the Marrera's Magic podcast uh, just the other day that uh, he's looking a bit beat up, not looking in great shape, and obviously there's some concerns about his role as well. I mean, you know, four weeks out, uh, are, we, are we still worried? Do we start kind of getting concerned, putting a line through? What do you think there? Uh, well, that didn't come from me. I, I heard someone say he didn't look great with a shirt off. Have you seen Dagan's No, nah, I, I haven't. But I know he's missed the last chunk of pre-season with um, an injury that you, you don't particularly want to have. So, um, he, he, whether uh, yeah, whether he's in shape or not, I know he's missed a big chunk of time. 
yeah, it's always a bit of a worry as well. Mm. And uh, Zave, mate, I'm sure you got finger on the pulse of what's happening down at the Eagles there. Uh, mate, Yo, obviously a popular pick in defence. Jimby, is it Gimby? Jimby, you, you could probably tell us, couldn't you? Uh, I think it's like the drink. Jimby, yeah. Or the gym. Jim. Yeah, mate, how they uh, how they shaping up? Uh, well, Elliot Yo is a star of the competition, but I can't handle uh, football clubs and supporters who go, Luke Shuey's one of my close friends, who go, oh, Luke Shuey's injured. Poor old Boots has been battling that for two years, so you can't expect and pencil in 25 games of 28 disposals from Luke Shuey. And Elliot Yo's in that category. They're stars of the competition, um, but there's obviously that element of risk um, with with injury. He's back. He played on Friday. He played brilliantly. Uh, he showed that he was the Elliot Yo that was, in my mind, a top seven or eight midfielder in the competition, maybe even higher during that premiership run. So he's back. I can see him playing midfield half back, uh, and I can see him being a dominant player. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So yeah, the so word for you you're a West Coast supporter, guest. You, everyone you hear speaking out of West Coast, they're all flying. So it'd be good to see how they look in these preseason games because as soon as I, I what Yo, Shuey, Kelly, Oscar Allen, McGovern's looking skinny, they're all apparently flying. But as soon as I, they are looking skinnier. Yeah, but then I hear Nick that is also flying. So yeah, you're a hater, mate. I'm not you're a hater. A hater. <laughs> Every, <laughs> Frio supporter. That's what it is. Bloody Frio supporter. Yeah, mate. Look, I am stoked. Yeah, for the first time in many years, I've got a number of Eagles in my side, so I'm, I'm a very happy fantasy player this year. Right, Tim, you're, Tim, you're loving it, mate. Um, moving on just to the to the mids, um, we did hear Mitch Clear report uh, from the Bulldogs intra-club game. We've mentioned the Bulldogs a bit before, but uh, Jack McRae resting forward, is that a concern for you guys in intra-club or is it just look and see what's happening in the pracky games and, and go from there. Yeah, I reckon outside of what we've already talked about, which I think was the concern, I would read into that because they're, that's where they are trialling. Like, they know McRae when whips are cracking, they can click their fingers, he'll be what they know he can do in the midfield. Bontempelli the same. They're not going to play Bontempelli majority four, which they did in the intra-club. It's that Caleb Daniels spent the last eight years after being a, a midfielder in juniors playing in the back line. They've toyed with him in the midfield, say, so, all right, here's you go. Intra-club, nothing to lose. Here's a crack. So, but he found plenty of it, didn't he? Found plenty of yeah. it. But, yeah, don't. That's the, that's the sort of intra-club stuff you don't really take a grain of salt with, with those, those and, sorts and, of players. And don't forget you're playing yourself. So yeah. there's got to be, you know, there's, there's four, four good midfielders and then four not-so-good midfielders playing on each other. So... Uh, yeah, Caleb Daniel might have looked like the second coming of Chris Judd, but he might be playing on a first-year rookie. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's what I thought as well. Just all this pre-season talk, you've got to see it in the practice games and stuff first because they're going to give more of the other players a go. Um, but we had a question as well coming from Alex, um, and this one could be for Zabe because uh, I know, Zabe, you're a um, Sarong fan. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on fading a Tom Mitchell or someone like that and bringing in a Sarong instead for maybe that? Finally, that breakout moment to that uber premium status. I don't know whether you saw the the passage of play that Collingwood um, put up uh, from their intra club game, and in fairness, it was a fantastic bit of play. It came across half back, switched to the corridor. You there, Selbs? 
Yeah, we got you. Surely we did we cut out before Zave had his big spiel on Tom Mitchell or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was talking about <laughs> actually that was where we, we we dropped out, right? He was talking about some play, start a passage, passage of play, play, passage of play, started yeah. off on the half back or something like that. So that, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. we lost you. Oh, I started off the half back, went through the corridor, out to the other side, long ball in, my check goal. Now Tom Mitchell was in that passage of play. He got the handball received to the open side. He was keeping up. Tom Mitchell is going to be back to himself from what from what it was a couple of years ago. Last year was a write-off. You'd be silly not to think Tom Mitchell is going to be a stat getter at Collingwood. There you go. You heard it first, mate. I mean, he's locked in my side. Exactly. I think he's locked yeah. into a lot of sides. I think yeah, people are starting to overthink yeah. it a bit, but yeah. <laughs> I'll let him go with it. You, I did the tweet. Yeah, I did the tweet. Yeah, I watched their full highlights back. It's not just the one <laughs> line, and all I could see was. Um, Dacos pumping, getting the first clearance and not mucking around with it, just pumping a deep inside 50. None of these secondary yeah, stops. Yeah, but when he won the Brownlow, when he won the Brownlow, it would have taken six years to find highlights. He's not a highlight. Well, that's player. what I then backed up and said you're not putting highlights up of secondary stoppages and doing quick kicks and stuff. So that's where it is good to be able to watch a full game come. I saw the other day KO upcoming, and now I've got all the. the unofficial practice matches would be great so we actually can watch a full thing because as I said there's so much news flying across Twitter on the on the last four days of people who did watch and that I mentioned Kingy David King's got a great eye he watches the games and makes some great insights others are just a lot of rehashing of what other people are saying and one person said Warper was really good someone else said Warper was underwhelming so um, I'm looking forward to be able to sit there and watch the full yeah, Tom Mitchell handballing it to Nigel. I've been following him on TikTok too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But, um, Zave, what's your thought? And Selby as well, being the freer man, what are you guys' thoughts on Sarong this year? Does does he take that step up to Uber premium status? I think he wins the brown loan. <laughs> you think he wins dead set? <laughs> Do you say Tom Mitchell? No, no, Sarong. No, oh, Sarong, no, God, no. Um, no, no, Sarong, I think is. <laughs> plays, from my opinion, from the outer, he's going to do everything to win the game of football. I don't. He doesn't come across desperately wants 35 touches. You know, there might be passages of play where he has to go you know, play on the, the, the opponent's best player and tag him out of the game, you know, and be that one-on-one tough guy. I, I don't know. Sarong seems like such an unselfish, good, leader of that football club, but I don't know where that translates to fantasy. Yeah, and they'll be one to watch in yeah. the brief yeah. too. Um, obviously, they've lost Mundy, who surprisingly took a whole lot of big chunk of centre bounces last year. Um, but then uh, O'Meara is going to have more than what Mundy had. So is that extra opportunity going to be there for him to take the jump? You'd think Brody plays more game time with another pre-season under his belt. So that's one to watch. They just back to win at Northern too, which is nice. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> um, the final question for the mids, though, and this is a, a good question. And, and Lawrence asked it, and I've actually got the exact same question because the exact same uh, players in the combo here. So, toying with having Dunkley in the midfield to have a to be able to fit more of the value premiums of like your Canelios, Tarantos, Rosies, Butters, and even McLeans and stuff that are cheaper. Would it? What's your thoughts, guys, on having like a forward in your midfield to fit more of those guys up forward? Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's something I've never done before, but this year 
there's a case given that you did mention those value forward options. We're yet to really assess the forwards. That's what we're doing this week. And um, that's something we're definitely going to cover. Yes, perfect. Well, everyone, make sure you tune into Maria's Magic Podcast this week to um, to get the answers on that question. Well, um, oh, no, we haven't pumped but, it up yet, but, uh, I mean, one of the big reasons why we wanted to have Selvin saves on is because, obviously, the season guide's been out a couple of weeks now, and, and I mean, let's face it, if you're serious about winning a hat or serious about winning a Hilux, then, um, you know, you've got to be subscribed to the, uh, the season guide. And, of course, one of the great things about the season guide as well is that, um, you know, some money from every season guide goes towards Starlight and, you know, um, saves raised oh, tens of thousands of dollars now for the Starlight Foundation. So, you know, not only does it give you great info, but uh, it's also for a great cause, mate. So uh, well done with all that stuff. Yeah, cheers, mate. Uh, it's, it's good and it's, it's come out good this year. And just looking at some of the names on this list here who's listing now, they're all known, um, known subscribers, so... While you're there, just appreciate all the support everyone's given it so far, and yeah, plenty more content to come. I think we're doing poor old Zay. We've got him working overtime here. We've got more podcasts than ever. <laughs> Mate, well, that. I wanted to just moving on to the rucks just quickly before we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll ask you a couple of questions about the forwards and then let you guys. Uh, Get, uh, get going. But, um, mate, there's been a bit of movement in the rucks just over the last couple of weeks. I mean, Darcy Cameron, there's a couple of injury concerns there. Tim English, a couple of injury concerns there. I mean, I think Rowan Marshall's locked away for most of us now. But um, how do you how do you see that, oh, let's call it R2, uh, you know, between like an English and a Darcy Cameron, how do you see that playing out at this time of year with, with those concerns? Yeah, no, a lot of concerns. And, again, that's another position which we're, we're looking to um, and analyse this week. We've done the, the defence and the midfield so far. So you're right. Like the the logical three are Marshall, English, and Cameron, and then um, some issues come the over. Zave's got the a, Whitler, a, yeah. A big love for the Whitler, which might might not be a bad shout at the end of the day. Mate, he's had a full preseason. He was the pick he's last. He's also year. playing solo ruck. ACL twelve months later. Yeah. Well, they say ACL is a twenty four month recovery and. Uh, him and Sisley kind of put that to bed last year but no it's an interesting one mate one of right now I haven't got the answer um, obviously one we need to analyse it through the, the thing next week but then mainly just watch the games like Lysett v uh, Tickle that sort of put a put an end to that debate of those who wanted to dabble with that that cheaper option there so if you did want to go cheap where's it going to be you wouldn't do the Tickle on the flip side as well because Lysett's also in the wings Cameron's the logical one who I think he averaged 95 after he took over the number one role, but they did like using Cox as a ruckman. And there was times there where it looked like Cox was going to be their main ruckman at the back end of the year. But then he, I think he, did he do his, he did something, a thumb or something, uh, Cox, and then Cameron kind of popped back up. So a lot of risks with lots and the old set and forget, which we used to do back in the day. And through my, um, my successful eras is certainly a thing of the past. It's, it's set and, uh, and fingers crossed and hope for the best. <laughs> and then uh, Gorn and then Gorn and Grundy just not touching those two or just wait and see or how do you approach those two? Yeah, I'm not touching those two. Uh, it's funny, like we've we've been on the oh, I've been on the Grundy train for the last four years since he's really really had a really good fancy season and he, he keeps disappointing and now he's priced cheap and he's he's. It's crazy. If you got you're told four years ago that you get Grundy priced less than a hundred in um, in fantasy, then you think, oh, he'd be your first player pick. But nah, leave me out of that situation. 
Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then save, mate, obviously. But on the flip, those are said, and, and that, there's so much content out there at the moment, which is great. Like, it's, I love consuming all the content, but if you feel something different to what you hear, just back yourself in. Like, last year, out of the top 100 coaches at the end of the season, only one of them started with Doherty, who ended up being clearly the number one defender. None started with Angus Brayshaw, who was priced at 60, ended up being a top six defender. I think there was 14 or 15 started with Tim English, who was clearly the best ruckman. Most went to set and forget. So just because we all say it and people are saying it, if you feel something different, if you think Grundy does have a path for a big score, if you think, well, Max is now 34, they want to keep him preserved. He's hard to match up on deep forward. Grundy might take the 65 70% ruck time, and he's not in that Collingwood system where there wasn't the repeat stoppages and opportunity for him to score like he had done in the past. Melbourne played more of a stoppage game. So it's back yourself in in that department. That's that's an underlying um, message. Trent. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, Zabe, maybe you can help with this one as well, mate. Up at uh, GWS, I mean, a couple of players I'm really keen on is Kelly and uh, Cogs. Um, obviously, the new coach, Kingsley. I mean, the other thing is, is we just haven't heard a lot coming out of GWS in this preseason. Um, I mean, any thoughts on those two or how the new game style might impact them or that how that midfield mix might look? Yeah, interesting one. I think Kelly will be will be the star of the – will be the bell of the ball um, at the Giants. I think uh, Finn Callahan, which is just one completely out of uh, – out of the frame, I was just talking to someone who um, is in his management team, thinks he's absolutely flying. Um, but then Tom Green, I think Tom Green, um, he's probably going to be the uh, the number one in and under, no mucking around, no half-forward flank stuff. I don't know where that leaves Canelio. The game style might fall away because I can't see the coach also coming in going, all right, let's repolish this turd. Um yeah, you know, things need to change at the club. So whether that's Tom Green being the number one midfielder, Josh Kelly, no outside, you're inside, uh, yeah, and then away you go from there. Yeah, yeah. A lot to play out there, but some good opportunities, I think. Um, all right, just uh, probably yeah. uh, one last question I throw from Anthony was, uh, Selbs, I mean, any ideas who the best forward rookies are looking at this point in time? I know you, uh, you do have a podcast coming up with Jepper, who was uh, on the podcast with us a couple of weeks back? So uh, maybe it's one for them. But any, any like you could probably throw out at this point in time. Forward rookies, mate. Rookies never been my spot. I've, I've said that. I rely on other people for that. More so, no better reliable thing than seeing who's named on that Thursday. So it's very much placeholders now. When you do placeholders, I like spending up on the more expensive ones. So you know you can always. You don't have to do a restructure if that rookie's not named. You can always go down and then. Upgrade elsewhere. So that's my advice this time of year with your uh, with your forward rookies at least, and even midfields, mind you, there's a few more op- uh, obvious ones there. But put in the more expensive forward rookies and then come Thursday night, you don't have to do a big panic before the, the countdown to round one game. You can just do a nice little down to whoever's name with a green dot. But, yeah, on that, yeah, good, good old strategy. Jeff, he's jumping yeah. on to do a proper thing soon. Yeah, Awesome. Awesome. Well, boys, I think uh, I think that's probably all the questions I got. You got anything, um, uh, Bales? Before we uh, let the boys get back to it, I, I, pro- I promise we're not drinking beer and punting either. <laughs> well, it's it's Sunday evening, mate. That's the best thing about it.
apologies for that. Uh, Telstra and NBN can get, get in the bin as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, yeah, we'll spend the last sort of 10, 15, go through Tim's team, go through the last couple of questions and stuff, and, and then we'll sure. do well, let's, whatever. Let's, just before we uh, move on to that, so a couple of things. Yeah, obviously we had some technical issues. Looks like everyone's jumping back on now. So, um, um, but just to wrap that up, um, look, obviously, we just really thank Selbs and Zabe for uh, giving us half an hour of their time on a Sunday afternoon. I know it's, it's a bit more of their time off. I know Zabe's obviously got to get up uh, at some stupid time in the morning, like 3 o'clock in the morning for <laughs> breakfast radio. So we, we very much appreciate their time. And, I mean, I know a lot of people that would be listening, obviously, would be subscribers to uh, Marrera's Magic. But if you're not... Um, yeah, get on board. It's it's thirty bucks um, uh, for a subscription. I um, mean, the information is obviously super valuable, and and it's just really, really for a great cause. So once again, just you know, thanks a lot for the boys, and for those of you, just so you know where you can find them. Um, Selby is at, at Marrera's Magic, and Zave is at Xavier Ellis eighteen, and uh, sorry, at Zave E Ellis. Uh, 18 and just I want to give a bit of a pump up for obviously the hardball gets um podcast as well do you, are you do you subscribe to hardball gets at all Bart? um I've, I've got them on my followers list subscribe list but I don't I haven't got around to listening to much sure. of it yeah I'm still, sure. still catching up yeah, on look, everything no it's one of my po- uh, look I don't even think they've put out any podcast this preseason at all um I think they normally kick things off once the once the season is up and running but look they're yeah. a, they're a fantastic podcast to listen to once the season's up and running um, uh, Ryan Daniels, um, Xavier Ellis, and forgive me, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they they offer fantastic insight into football, and um, they spend typically two minutes on every club uh, each week. Uh, and for me, it's it's critical listening, um, even though it's not necessarily fan, fantasy orientated. So, uh, yes, support Zave and, and follow the Hardball Gets podcast as well, and uh, get yourself a season guide. Yep, hundred um, percent. But yeah, for awesome. last for last five ten minutes, guys, we'll answer some questions, but we'll quickly go through of Tim's uh, team reveal. So if you want to check my team reveal out, I did it on my YouTube channel at Truly Bales HG. So make sure you check that out as well. A uh, heap of love being shown on that so far. So appreciate everyone's kind words towards that. But we'll talk about uh, Tim's uh, team here. Tim, mate, take it away. Who is currently sitting in your side? Yeah, so we'll start with the defenders, mate. So I've got uh, Doc sitting in D1. I'm a little concerned about regression, but he's got a great start to the year. He's a VC option, and we're just really, really short of options in the defensive line. So I think he's locked away. Um, Jordan Dawson is sitting in D2. I'm paying up in the back line. I'm really uncertain about the quality of players back there. So... I've uh, yeah I've resolved myself to kind of pay up at the moment. So Jordan Dawson's sitting at uh, D two, Nick Dacos at D three. I think he's obviously got potential to be a, a top six defender, especially with uh, the news of him getting more midfield time. Yep. Xavier's obviously just pumped him up as well. Um, Elliot Yo, just like Zave said, you know I mean obviously there's massive risk that comes with Elliot Yo. Um, particularly from an injury point of view, but I think that makes him a perfect starting. I think yeah, player. I think yeah, I think he's just too cheap. I think. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and so, okay. I, uh, I forgot who said, I think it might have been on the coaches panel and that I think MJ and that was saying that when you start these risky players, you're going to, as long as you get the good scores to start off with, you're not jumping on. So if you got injured, most of the comp are going to then jump on anyway. So the risk is mitigated. Whereas if you were to jump on Elliot Yo, let's say round five, and then he gets injured a little bit after that, then that's sort of when that sort of uh, move doesn't become beneficial yeah. for you. 
Yeah, and I think Aaron Hall is. I mean, I'm not saying he's an option. He's certainly not. I mean, obviously, he's an injury. He's injured at the he's moment. He's the exact same. I think he, he, yeah, he's the exact same. Like, he's one of those players you don't want to trade into because then you might have to trade him out. But, um, but at the same time, if he's in your starting squad, it's only one trade and you can get those super high scores in the meantime. Yeah. So, yeah, he sits there at D4 and then Jinby. Uh, and Josh Weddle will make round out D5 and D6. And then I've got Wilmot. And I've still got Campbell Chester sitting in my D8 there. I mean, he may or may not be sitting there come round one, but uh, he's a good enough place. It sounds there. like he's been training well the last couple of weeks, played in the match sim and, and got involved. Apparently looked really good in, in the half that he played. So, Only played yes, half a yeah, game. So, yeah, yeah. So, well, hopeful, hopeful that he I'm, plays round one. Yeah. But if not, I think he'll play within the first month or so, as long as everything goes to plan. So um, certainly one to keep an eye on and see if he plays those practice games. Um, yep. Moving awesome. to the midfield, Tim Yeah, great So Jack Steele uh, is my M1 um, I've toyed with having Jack McRae as my M1 But I think just playing up a little bit more I feel think I feel a bit more confident with Jack Steele Haven't, haven't, haven't toyed um, with a, a guy that's uh, $1.07 million? <laughs> nah, mate. No, uh, Rory Led. No, yeah. he's not in my side, and I don't. I don't foresee him being in my side at all. But um, look, I, I'm even a bit hesitant paying up for Jack Steele. To be perfectly honest, yeah, I think yep. there's some value options in in the, in the midfield. Um, um, but he's in there because I. Yeah, I've just. I've kind of. I, I want to try and reduce my risk from. I, th- my I think. Side, you know, I'm a yeah, risk I think it's good to start one of those big midfielders just have a captain option straight off the bat. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, he's the cheapest guy out of those top midfielders you probably think is going to be that safe 110, 110 exactly. guy. So I, I do like him as, as having his M1. Um, but, yes, yeah. who else in your midfield? Yeah, so I'm um, following your uh, trend, mate, in terms of having a forward in my midfield and I've got Josh Dunkley sitting there at M2. Yep. Um, I am... You know, I just think there's too much. I'm too. I think there's too much value to ignore in the forward line, and I think there's not enough value in the midfield um, t- uh, to justify um, putting another midfielder in there. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. Josh Dunkley sits there. I just, too. I just, I just, um, sorry, just quickly with the, that thing. I just think if you compare, for example, the two players I'd have would be if I had Rosie in my forward line, I'd have Tom Green in my midfield. I just think. If you're weighing up between Tom Green and Rosie in your side, I think you'd rather Rosie because you're getting a guy that's most likely going to be a top six forward compared to a guy yeah. that you're still not sure if he's going to take that jump to be that 105, 110 midfield that you would need him to be to be a valuable pick. So that's why I've gone down exactly. the midfield, uh, having a forward in the midfield. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm pretty much on the exact same page. Um, so then M3. Now, this, this is probably my least set position. Currently, I have Jack McRae yep. there, um, but I've also toyed with um, Kelly, uh, and I've even considered possibly even co- um, Cogs there. But um, but at the moment, yeah, but probably not Cogs. But yeah, I think at, at the moment it could be a, a, like a McRae, a Kelly, maybe a Bont, uh, maybe a Bailey Smith. But yeah, I've got McRae there at the moment. I'm just going to see how that role plays yep. out. Um, but if if he does get the mid time. I think he might get them. I think he's just a safe pick. Uh, and then Tommy Mitchell at M4. So, you know, the four kind of primos uh, there. Once again, I just think there's too much uh, value to ignore when it comes to yep. the pig. Uh, uh, Dom Sheed, friend yep. of the show, locked away. I do not see that exactly. I'm not interested in a Warple or any kind of if, anyone else that's really kind of If I was going to bring there. a Warple in, it would be someone to go alongside Sheed. It wouldn't be in place. So I just think as long as as long as long yeah. Sheed's good, ready to go, and which everything's going good at the moment, then he's, he's locked away. He's just too cheap, as you said, to, to not have. 
Yeah, then um, then the three rookies that everyone's pretty much got, Ashcroft, McKenzie and Will Phillips. Um, and uh, then I've got at my M9 uh, and 10, uh, Matthew Johnson. Uh, he, you know, from reports, he's been getting a fair bit of, bit of time. He's looking all right for round one. And Blake Drury from uh, the Kangaroos yep. as that kind of DPP player. Uh, there's also been a bit of talk about him. Any questions with those uh, guys? No, right? I've pretty much got a, a fair few pretty, of those guys. Yeah, so um, I think yeah. we're on the same page, I think, so far with pretty much both yeah. our teams. And then the Rucks, I'm assuming you're just going to set and yeah. forget like a lot of people at the moment? No. No, okay. no I'm not actually. So um, Marshall is, is locked yep. away there, but I'm still on Darcy Cameron. No speaking um, yeah, so this is the way I'm kind of thinking when it comes to Darcy Cameron. It's for me, it's I've got to think about do I have is it it's not just Darcy Cameron and Tim English. It's is it's at a combination. It's do I have um Darcy Cameron and Jordan Dawson, or do I have someone more like a Hayden Young and a uh like a Tim English? So um, I'm also a bit concerned about English's start. I mean, I'm concerned about English's injury. Obviously, there's lots of concerns with Darcy Cameron as well. However, even when he was, um, like once Brody Grundy was out of the side, there's still about 11 points upside in him there. So, look, even if he's not the number one, even if he doesn't quite reach the heights that we need him to reach, you know, I still think there's, you know, potentially 10 points upside in him. Um, and I think that is better structurally have, for me. Um, have you t- have you toyed with analysis. like a lie set or something a bit cheaper, or that you're just not going anywhere near that? No, nah, nah. Look, I mean, if lie set doesn't work, where do you go? Yes, that's right, and that's why I don't ever. That's why I like going set and forget because I'd much rather just sideways trade in the rucks than have yeah. to try and find cash from somewhere else to go up to a ruck. So. Yeah, and look, I mean, someone could say the same about Darcy Cameron. He is a little bit in no man's land there, but I think it's a lot easier to get Darcy Cameron. I mean, at the moment, it's, you know, 200 grand, right? Yes. Well, not even that, 175 grand, 179 grand or something like that difference, which, but, you know, I mean, that's achievable. Um, You know, that could be a, you know, know, switching another um, primo to a, you know, a mid-pricer that's gone off, like a, you know, maybe... Jack McRae fails and Tom Green, you know, goes nuts, right? And you can kind of switch that around there and that gets you from camera up to English if it's if it's needed. Yep. But, um, you know, English is starting the season. It's not looking if, great either. So, if um, English has still got, like, injuries and you don't want to start with him and then maybe Darcy Cameron's got a couple of issues, is there anyone else that maybe is in the mix? Like, is is a Grundy completely crossed off or a, or a Wits or uh, O'Brien? Yeah. Or is there anyone else that maybe you've got marked there as that would be my next guy? Look, I'd, uh, if you made me say someone, it would be Riley O'Brien. But yep. um, only because, uh, I mean, we don't know anywhere near enough about what's going to happen with Gorman Grundy. Um, and I don't really like any of those other players there. Yep. So I, I don't know. But once again, I, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of gun to my head. You're making me say something. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, that's not, oh, not yeah, the case, yeah, right? right? But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't want to play in, in that area. I think it's at the moment it'll be one of either Marshall, English, uh, sorry, two of either Marshall, English and yep. Cameron. Oh, perfect. And then who have you got currently as your R3? Max Heath, my R3. Heath, my um, R3. Look, I think pretty much we're going to have a red dot sitting there. 
Um, obviously, the tall stocks are pretty low in St Kilda, and he also has a lot of Sunday games at the start of the year. So I think he's a pretty good R3, so he's locked in. Well, not locked in there, but, uh, you know, he's who uh, my R3 is at the moment. I think it's pretty much, yeah, Max Heath or Ned Moyle are the two two guys I think a lot of people have um, throwing about. But again, as you said, I think it'd be a red dot, so I don't think it'll really matter too much in the end. Um, and then who have you got in your forward line? Yeah, so obviously Dunks um, is in the midfield. So my F1 is Timmy Taranto. Um, look, obviously there's a lot of value in the forward line. You know, there's Cogs there as well, but I'm a little kind of cooling on him at the moment. Obviously we haven't heard much in the preseason about him. There's some questions about the game style. Uh, who might be that midfield mix, uh, as we heard earlier. So um, I think Timmy T has the better upside there. And then while, um, I, you know, I have been pretty cool on the Port Adelaide boys all pre-season, I reserve the right to completely change my mind. And at the moment, I've got both Connor Rosie and Zach Butters sitting at F2 and F3. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the Port boys are in there. Yeah, the more yeah, I think about it, I think that that's, that's they're pretty much going to be those main midfielders there with Ollie Wines. So um, I think they both offer a lot of upside. That's why I've, I've put Dunce in the uh, in the midfield so that it could free up some space and I can get those guys into my forward line. Yeah, perfect. And then who's rounding out your forward line there? Yeah, so Toby McLean, as most uh, teams have him locked away there at F4. Uh, and then I've got the two rookies, like Jeff walked us through a couple of weeks ago, Harry Shenzel and the Poo. Yep, I'm exactly the same, the Philippoo. So, yeah. They'll be two highly owned rookies. I was just going to say, yeah, they'll be two of the most highly owned rookies, I'd imagine. So I think putting those two in is a good move, I reckon. Yeah, and then just to round out the bench there, I've got uh, Jacob Van Roon, even though he's a key position rookie. I am a bit concerned about that, but at the moment, I think he's a pretty good chance to play. So I've got him locked in there. And then I've got Chandler, um, K Chandler, uh, basement uh, price. Uh, who's he from? Is he Melbourne? Is he Sydney? Uh, Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne, yeah. Um, I think Jeff talked about him a couple of weeks ago and then Angus Sheldrick is sitting in the utility position also, basement price, and obviously gives me that flexibility. Perfect. Beautiful. Mm. That's to be seen. So, uh, yeah, I love it. Loving the team. Very similar to mine, so which is good. So it means that uh, we're both on the same page and, and I'm sure it'll change uh, plenty of times before the actual season uh, gets to us. So, um, Well, let me just talk, talk about that, right? That, so, yeah. So, uh, I mean, Doc, I'm a little uncertain about, not hugely uncertain about, just a tiny bit, a bit. I don't like paying up that much. Yep. Dawson, I am a little bit uncertain about. Um, you know, McRae in the midfield, uh, that one could change, and Darcy Cameron, but I'm pretty confident with everyone else. I mean, obviously, you know, there's stuff that can happen um, across this next couple of weeks, but... I'm going to actually really try not to change too much with regards to my time. Um, you know, I think that's where we can get into trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As you, as Selby and that said, as you can sometimes overthink things in the preseason and you just change everything for the sake of changing. And then your original team was probably better than the team you changed to. So it'll be very interesting to see how the teams look after um, these couple of preseason games. But there's your team. If you want to check my team out as well, head over to YouTube. Uh, on my YouTube channel, I've uh, revealed all of my team and who, and each player's in there. So check that out as well and subscribe there. But that's another Twitter space that's done 
today. So thank you again very much to Selby and Dave that came on before. Again, apologies for the difficulties of it cutting out and everything, but it was still good to have just them let on. Let me rant about, about them for a second again, Bales. Like, obviously, yeah. I just, you know, you know, I'm a massive I'm supporter, a massive supporter support obviously, of the AFLW fantasy platform. I know we were sponsors last year. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I know that Sel, you know, puts his hand in his pocket to get these platforms running. It costs him money. So, you know, I'm... I'm a massive advocate. I, I, I tell everyone that they should subscribe, not only because they, they get really great quality data, but and not only because it makes a big difference, but also it helps out Selbs, who really has, you know, put the community ahead of himself um, to do this for everyone. And I'd just love for us to support him. Um, and, of course, get behind uh, Zabe and Hardball Gets as well. Yep, 100%, yeah. Appreciate both of them coming on. And, and as you said, if you haven't got the season guide, make sure you go and get it because you get plenty of content, plus it goes to a good cause as well, which is always fantastic. So, but yeah, thanks very much to Selby and Zave for coming on as well. Um, and thank you everyone for joining us today on another Twitter space with, with a lot going going on. So it's been an interesting episode, let, let's put say the least. But um, you can continue to send your questions into us at AFL Fantasy um, Fanatics on Twitter, and we'll continue to answer those throughout the week if we didn't get to yours today. Uh, don't forget to tune in, obviously, each Sunday at 4:30 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time, and then 7:30 for all the Eastern states. Uh, and maybe can this another thing I yep. want to jump in with, mate. Sorry to interrupt as well, but um, obviously next week we got um, the preseason, the intra club starting. Um, you know, one of the reasons why you and I started this is because we wanted to do like a round review on a Sunday evening. You know, we felt that you know there was you know we were gagging for content on a Sunday night, and there was a real gap in the you know gap there, so that we tried to fill that. Uh, and of course, we're looking for you know stellar coaches to try and help us out, coaches with cred. So um, you know, if you want to get involved and maybe review one of the games, uh, let us know. Uh, and of course, we'll be reaching out to some coaches as well, see if they might want to help us out as well. Perfect, yeah. No, definitely everyone stay tuned for that. But we have uh, got our the usual Sunday slot as well, which will be good. So, um, But yeah, make sure you go and get the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast wherever you get your podcast and make sure you leave us a uh, sub, like follow or subscribe, whatever button's got there, a uh, rating and review that's always very much appreciated as well. So where can the people find you on the socials, Tim? Mate, uh, for AFL Fantasy stuff, uh, only on Twitter, Tim Guest AU. Uh, for money stuff, if you want to learn how to build your wealth or reach financial goals faster, uh, probably TikTok's the best one at the moment, Tim Guest AU. There's a lot of videos going up there at the moment. Yeah, perfect. Make sure you go and follow Timmy at both of those. And then you can follow me at Bailey Gang on most of the socials, but um, I'm sure the links are in my bio as well to go follow all them. So... Hope you enjoyed the three parts today, but uh, we will catch you guys uh, next week for more Angel Fantasy Fanatics content. So we're out. Cheers. See ya.